Well, here we are. Robert, how are you? I am tired, but I am good. <laughs> how are you? Uh, I, I appreciate that honest answer. Um, I am uh, I'm good, too. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Um, to Why? Uh, Halloween. It's oh, yeah. it's it's going to be different, but it's still Halloween, and uh, I I love it. We still will have some good stuff going on, though. We're not going to. It won't be as it usually is. What do you What do you do for Halloween? Um, we walk around the kids for a little bit, um, and then until one of them gets exhausted, usually my youngest, and then two of us come back, and then we hand out candy, and then I've been making. Uh, I've got chili and cornbread that I've made. It's, it's become a tradition now. Um, I love chili, and it also destroys my stomach these days. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, just stomach aches with chili these days. Um, but I still... I love chili and how it hurts me for the three days after I eat it. <laughs> it's so worth it, though. Um, uh, so this year will be different though. This will be, this this year will be very different. Well, good afternoon, everybody. And welcome to Joel and Rob's podcast. And Rob, I have the TV show theme song for today. I've kind of teased it. It was my turn, but you, you. Oh yeah, it was your turn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We even spoke about that a half hour ago. You sure did. Okay, you're doing it. And I just nodded and then decided I wanted to do it. Wow, I obviously wasn't listening at all. Uh, I think I just get really excited about finding these theme songs. There's just there's just so many. So today's show, I've, uh, I'm not in the um, sitcom genre. Uh, I'm in a show that my wife and I love. We don't get to watch it very often. Partially because of when it is on, but in the world of DVR, we can uh, get to it occasionally. And uh, if it's a show that you and Kim both really enjoy, I doubt it's a show that I watch. Yeah, it's it's a very unique theme song, though. A single instrument. Ready? Let's do this. I'm not confident. song to like Downton Abbey but it sounds like that's what kind of like the crown I have no I a it's an excellent trumpet yes uh, but uh, I believe yeah. I believe that idea. I believe it's it's Winston Winston Marsalis who's playing that right there uh. the show is CBS Sunday morning so it's on from 9 to 10.30 every Sunday. So obviously I rarely get to watch it <laughs> live. 
Um, and it's it's so bizarre on so many levels. It's it's not just news. They do have some news, but it's also like almost like a magazine piece where they do a profile of um, uh, somebody famous, uh, actor or a musician. Um, they get into what's going on in culture. Um, it's the kind of show where after it, like unlike certain sitcoms. <laughs> I actually feel a little smarter. Like, I've learned something in this show compared to some sitcoms where it ends and I kind of just go, uh, you know, I have nothing like, nothing kind of life giving came in that sitcom. And this one's good. And so, um, often on a Sunday where I am not at TPC, when I am not pastoring uh this is a show that kim and i will try and catch sometimes we go to another you don't go to another church for worship uh i know i was just about to say that sometimes i do and sometimes i don't sometimes we just need a sunday off uh and so um but with dvr we we do dvr it but we actually forget to watch them uh because we got some other show we're watching but again Check. I have stumped the good reverend. Next week, I'm going to give you a heads up. Mine's just going to be the 60-minute stopwatch. (laughs) Which would be a great theme song. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so what's great about this this TV show, too, is it just is a um, picture of a sun. Um, and then throughout the episode, they will throw in different artistic expressions of a sun. Uh, it's just it's what it is. So it's a great show. Um, I encourage you to watch it, but not this coming Sunday because I need you to be at TPC. I doubt I ever will. Okay, good. Glad I've had an impact on you. <laughs> Uh, well, we are in the midst of our anime practice series. We are almost to the end. Uh, we have had, let's see, we've explored community. We have explored worship, food, money. And this past week was service. Am I missing one? I think that's it. And then coming up, uh, the final one will be sacraments. So this past Sunday, we explored service and a particular aspect of service, Uh, in particular, the kind of service that is um, that is outreach focused, uh, going out into the world to serve, as opposed to what we could say, um, especially in terms of a community of faith service that is inward focused, that is focused on Uh, serving within a church. So we went in that direction. uh, And we started um, by sharing a couple stories of how we often put up barriers between that which threatens to uh, sadden us or scare us or maybe even anger us. Um, It's just sometimes a, a very natural inclination on our part to do that. That which will scare, threaten, sadden, anger. It is easy to keep focus straight ahead until turning turning towards those 
that will bring about those feelings. We talked about how some of those um, areas where that happens is often around um, uh, religion, um, another person's religious affiliation, um, another person's political party, uh, skin color, ethnicity, sexual orientation. Uh, And instead of getting to know the person who is different from us, we end up, what is easier for us to do is judge them. And so, Rob, why do you think we put up those barriers? What causes us to put up those barriers? Um, It's easier. It's so much easier uh, to not do the work of getting to know somebody. Uh, it's easier to judge the person uh, than it is to get to know them. It's easier to fear the person than it is to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's easier to ignore the person yeah. than it is to get to know them. It's it's honestly the, the, the lazy way out. Mm. And I say that being very guilty of it. Yeah. I mean, um, this, I don't mean that condemnatory of anybody. It's, it's, it's condemnatory of myself. Uh, it's, it's easy to not do the work of getting to know somebody. Um, and it's also, uh, uh, if I could be really, really blunt and, and this is looking in the mirror, you know, there, there, there's also a cowardice to it. Mm. Um, Bigotry, I mean, we know this. Bigotry is rooted in fear. It is. Mm-hmm. Bigotry is rooted in fear. And so we judge that which we don't understand rather than doing the work and having the courage to really explore it and study it and discern it and open ourselves up to the potential of a perspective we never witnessed before. Yeah. So we judge people with a gender identity that we ourselves don't understand. We, we dismiss it as we dismiss it out of hand rather than really exploring it and its nature and talking to people who have a different gender identity, perhaps yep. than a cisgender would be used to yep. uh, and doing the work of saying, you know, let's, let's talk about this. Help me see and learn a bit about your story. Because as we said on Sunday, it, this, this is what happens when, when you truly see somebody else and you see their, see their perspective, when you hear their story, their story touches your story. And when yeah. those, when, when those stories truly touch, you, you're, you impact each other, you know, you impact them and they impact you. You're, you're touched, you're shaped, you're molded. Um, and it doesn't mean your whole worldview suddenly changes. But it does mean that you will almost certainly not look at that person the same way anymore. Yeah. Because you're connected to them in a new way. You know part of their story and you see life at least a little bit from their perspective. Yeah. And that changes things. One story that we were considering for the sermon but ended up um, leaving it aside, didn't include it, was a story I had. Um, when I was <clears throat> in a chaplaincy program in New Jersey, um, a year-long chaplaincy program, um, and uh, just seven of us and our director, and uh, we had 
three or four um, male and female uh, whites and three African Americans. And our director decided that we needed to have a conversation about race. Uh, and so we went to a um, separate room than the usual room we are in. Um, uh, and with the goal of let's hear our stories. Um, and uh, two of my colleagues um, shared their perspective growing up female and African-American female. And this was really the first time I was invited and I decided to take that step to get out of my own skin and see a uh, perspective that was a vantage point of life in our country that was very different than mine. Um, and I remember walking home that day, I lived in walking distance from the hospital, um, and realizing that, um, I was going to see, um, the world in a very different way from that day on. Um, uh, it changed how I understood race. Um, and it changed how I understood my two colleagues that were sitting across from me. Um, uh, but it took, it took uh, a step of risk, you could say, uh, on my part. Um, for anyone's part to do that, you have to enter into a place of almost, almost curiosity. One of our... Um, one of our one of our core values, um, a place of curiosity to go. Hmm. Okay, their life experience is different from mine. She has something to teach me. Um, I need to now do more listening than speaking. Um, and so it's a um, it's an unsteady space um, when you enter into that space because you are um, somewhat leaving, in some ways, the framework of how you once saw the world um, and inviting yourself to see it from a different vantage point. Mm. Really well said. Wow. Yeah. Unsteady. Uncomfortable. Mm. New. Growing edges. All the things we try hard to avoid, right? Yes. Yeah. And all the things that are almost required for um, for growth and, I would say, for spiritual formation, too. <clears throat> oh, without a doubt. <clears throat> yeah, if spiritual formation was comfortable, oh, man, we'd all be so much more formed. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we talked about that the Christian practice of, of service, in particular service as outreach, is rooted in the practice of seeing. So seeing not only the need in front of us, but also seeing the person behind the need, seeing the, seeing the humanity behind that, behind that need. We talked about mission trips, 
can give us those opportunities that get us out of those comfort zones we're in. Um, local mission um, experiences, as well as as well as those people that we already know. Yeah. Um, and so, I guess how I've understood it, um, seeing for me at least, has been just a another level of service. Um, uh, when I have seen someone's humanity, it's brought me into a, a, a deeper space. Um, and, and this is not to discount kind of service without seeing, but it, it, it gets to a more transformational space when you are, um, when you see beyond the need. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of really good charity happens when we see, when we see need, it's not that seeing need is bad. Like if you see the need and you want to do something about it, that's, that, that's awesome. Yep. But service, the Christian act of service and the Christian act of mission, take it further where we don't simply see the need, right? We see beyond the statistic of hunger um, and we see those who are hungry mm-hmm. and we see beyond the symptom of whatever the symptom may be, uh, homelessness. And we see the person who's homeless. Um, and for example, SCL is a, a really good example for, for the, we call us, we call it SCL here, but for those who don't know, it's, it's, uh, basically a soup kitchen that we run every Sunday afternoon or did before the pandemic and will do as soon as we can again. Yep. Um, and it's an opportunity to feed the local food insecure individuals and families of our area. And there's a huge difference between simply saying, yes, we should, we're going to do something about food insecurity in our area and sitting down at a table and eating with those who were having an opportunity to serve. There's just a world of difference. And it's not that dropping off food at a local food bank isn't important. It is. And yeah. that if you do that, that's awesome. Absolutely. But there's something much more transformational afoot in the act of service when we are crossing a bridge and getting to know, really, truly seeing the people we're serving. Um, yeah. <clears throat> my first probably real lesson in this came I'm not sure if it was 8th or ninth grade but it was at my church's youth group when I was growing up and our church ran a ministry uh, where with like say 5 or 6 other local churches um, throughout the winter uh, took in homeless men of Camden, New Jersey uh, and fed and housed them for a week at a time Mm. Um, and this kind of program has actually grown uh, throughout throughout the nation, and um, it's, a, it's a wonderful program. Some focus on specific gender, like they'll take in men or they'll take in women, and some take in families. This program took in men. And as the youth group, we made dinner and served them. And I remember not having any issues with, with that. Uh, and then I learned that we were going to eat with them. Hmm. Uh, and 
that was new to me. Like, I remember thinking, I didn't know we were going to eat with them. Well, why are we going to eat with them? I I don't want to eat with them. Mm-hmm. These guys scare me. Yeah. You know, I didn't say that out loud, but that was the truth of it. Mm. They they scared me. Uh, and what our what our youth pastor made us do was actually sit youth homeless man youth homeless man youth homeless man um and i will never forget how much i didn't want to sit down at that table mm-hmm. uh and then how awesome the guy who sat to the right of me was mm. Because I am sure he could sense how much I didn't want to be there. Yeah. I'm sure he could sense my fear. And he did. He gave me such a gift that night, just asking really great questions to draw me out of myself, uh, hearing my story. And then after hearing my story, he was kind enough to share some of his story. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, he did it in such a gracious way, not to make me feel bad about being afraid, yep. but he conveyed that he saw me and then he, he basically took me by the hand and helped me see him. And it was my first experience, honestly, uh, from a rather sheltered life, sitting next to a homeless man who talked about his struggles in life, but also where he was and where he was trying to go and how grateful he was for a program like this that enabled him. Uh, for example, he had a job. He had a job. That that was, and a lot of people still don't know this. There are so many homeless people who work, but they're still homeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's people who desperately want to work but can't work because they don't have a PO box because or they're homeless. To yeah. Home or some means of doing that. But anyway. Uh, it was my. It was the first time hearing how complicated a story of homelessness really could be. Yeah. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how easy it can be when you're living paycheck to paycheck to suddenly be evicted. I didn't understand how one mistake, or not even a mistake that you did, just one life event, can cause a domino effect. Um, and I, but I got to hear where he had been, where he was, and where he wanted to go. And it, it was so revelatory for me. And I got up from that table so grateful for that meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, very grateful for him. Uh, because I, you know, it, it took, a, it took I think, a special guy to, to pull a scared 13-year-old out of himself. Yeah. That, you know, that would have been much easier for him to just sit down after a long day and yeah. eat a meal and then go back to his bed. And, and take it easy, but he didn't do that. Um, that, that, that will remain for me a very moving, mm. moving time. Mm. Um, and, and I lift it up because it, it was the first time I saw, uh, I saw behind the need, yep. but I, I needed help in doing it. And he helped me do it. Yep. That is a gift that he gave you that day. It really was. It's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and so, as we have been doing with this series, we um, offer a couple at-home practices for the coming week. Uh, and th- for this week, we offer two. First, to um, keep your eyes open for a need that is 
um, around you uh, in your neighborhood or in your kind of everyday um, journey uh, on your way to work. Um, uh, it could be helping someone out around their house. It could be a conversation um, that you offer someone. And the second was um, to look into an organization that is uh, seeking volunteers. Uh, it could be uh, a couple that we support here uh, at TPC, ACTC, the Assistance Center of Towson Churches, um, Student Support Network, or it could be one that um, that you are passionate about um, that is in the area. Um Explore them, learn a little more about them and what are some of their needs for uh, volunteering and how could you and maybe your family um, participate in something like that. So that's it for this week, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Towson Press. If you haven't uh, liked us there, we invite you to do so. Everything else is at TowsonPress.org. Um, have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you soon.